Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, and I tell you what, it is a rockin' Friday at that. Uh, this is the start of the of the really the what we call the holiday time period here in America. You know, this week is Thanksgiving, special week for our family because it's also my wife's birthday. Uh, so we are celebrating those two events throughout the week. I do have a small trip I've got to take to Atlanta to meet my business partners this week. So I'll be gone Tuesday uh, and be back here on Wednesday. Uh, but we probably won't uh, do any shows um, the majority of this week because it's a time where we just want to reflect, want to get back. So you guys will be able to go uh, hang out over at BeachsideCEO.com, listen to some of the archives and uh, on hear what's going on. But we're in Ken Dunn's book, The Most Important Mo- Moment or Minute, Excuse me. In your network marketing career, I had somebody email me and say, Troy, you know, are are you just promoting Ken's book? Well, heck yeah, that's what we do these shows for—is to promote the author's books. But more importantly, I scour all the books that I get in. We probably get in—I don't know—three to four hundred books a year that that authors will send, and we'll read them, and we'll look at them, and decide which ones actually work. Uh, any that we don't get to, we carry on into the next year. And and then we give those books away uh, to other people so they can they can get them, they can learn, they can dig into it. Those books that don't fit the radio show at all, uh, we just automatically give away. But that's what this show is about. What makes this book unique is, first and foremost, Ken is a great friend of mine, a mentor, somebody, he's a business partner. I'll be actually going to Atlanta to meet. Got a private meeting with him and, and our other business uh, partner, Fred Nino. But what's important about this book is that the way Ken wrote this book, it can be used in any network marketing business. I, I literally think that if you were out in the middle of, uh, let's just say South Dakota, and you want to start a network marketing business, this book would help you get that done. That's why it's so important. It, it covers the nuts and bolts, the attitude, the, the, the really the, the, well, the five beliefs, what it is that you have to do. And today we're in Chapter 9, the front row attitude. Wow, what is that? You know, Harold Jeans said, leadership is practiced not so much in words as in attitude and in actions. And usually your attitude precedes the actions. All your attitude is is that, that, outward, uh, that outward appearance of what your internal belief system is. If you've got a sucky, nasty attitude... If you believe that it's always half full, then that's what you're going to see. One of the great sitcoms in the 90s was Coach. And what was interesting about Coach is Jerry Van Dyke played on there, and he was the the defensive uh, line coach, but he was always negative, always seeing the glass half full, never seeing the positive side, even, even would bet against the team sometimes to get a free stake. Probably a hard time making it in network marketing. But Ken starts this chapter off with a story, a personal story of himself. In the room at my first convention, I felt like I was at a rock concert. It wasn't because of the lights and the stage and the music. I was just amazed at the mad dash for the front of the room. The convention started at 9 a.m. on a Friday morning, but at 7.30, there were people lining up. And as I walked past them on my way to breakfast, I thought to myself, these guys are crazy. By 8.30, there were hundreds of people 
standing body to body at the entrance of the ballroom. For a minute, I slipped back into my cop's mentality and thought, I'll break this crowd up. But then I realized every one of them was happy. They were ecstatic. These crazy networkers were enjoying the mayhem. Then I experienced one of the most powerful events that occurred in the team. In a second, all four sets of doors opened, loud dance music, and everyone started running. It was like somebody shot a starter pistol at the 100-meter finals in the Olympics. The entire crowd started to run for the front of the room. I soon realized the hysterica was caused by hundreds of people who wanted to be on the front row. Boy, that first convention was amazing and taught me many lessons that still serve me today. The most important lesson was that every event that you go to, you have to be on the front row. In fact, folks, listen to me. This lesson is bigger than the event. Now, I don't like mayhem of any kind. So when I go to events, I could care less about the front row because there's crazy people there, and and I don't want to be trampled. So here's what I learned about this. If you rank advance in your compensation structure inside your company, then every time you get a pin uh, advancement and every time you rank up, you get better seats. So if you just rank to the top of your comp plan, they will have you in a beautifully roped-off section at the front of the room anyway, and you won't have to worry about all that craziness. I learned that. That's front row attitude. I'm going to the top. Okay. But if you're wanting to succeed from going to apprentice to mentor and make a full-time income in the team, then you've got to develop a front-row attitude outside of the events. You know, in Chapter 2, we talked about that most people walking through life are a 2 out of a 10 on the dream cycle. I've almost come to the conclusion that when you get out of high school, your, your dream cycle just starts to diminish pretty fast. Because you get hit with life. And see, by the time you get into any business, network marketing and otherwise, most people come into it at the bottom rungs of the ladder. And as a leader, as the mentor, it's your job to pour energy, fun, and excitement into everyone around you. See, a front row attitude is an attitude where you look at the glass half full, even on the stormy days. Let's use a case in point. I'm 48 freaking years old. I'm running across and jumping three-foot distances on top of walls. And on top of the, th- these walls are, are not six inches wide. But I don't have a problem with balance. So when I jump to that last wall, I'm balancing on the top of the wall on my tiptoes. I'm able to gauge the distance to the ground and realize very quickly it's further down than I anticipated when I headed towards my destination. I spin around. I grab the top of the wall, which then I realize that the opposite side is slanted. Probably to keep people from climbing up. They never thought about somebody jumping down. Hit the concrete, 220 pounds. Break into the left heel. Now understand, at that moment, I had the opportunity to have a bad 
attitude. Not talking about a painful attitude. I had one of those. I feel the I feel the heel go. I feel the pain shoot up the leg. I quickly bend the knees and roll onto my back and bring my legs into the air. Grab my heel and make sure that everything's still lined up, which it was. I hadn't slid anything left or right, nothing protruding. I'm not trying to be gross, just listen, it's an attitude. Now, I am out loud talking and saying words that were probably safe in an alleyway, but they're not something you'd hear me speak on the radio show. It was it was painful. My pain tolerance is very high, so I'm I'm in some pain. I very quickly realized not only can I not walk on the back of the heel, I cannot walk on my toes either because the pressure. By then, everything had started to swell, and if you know anything about broken bones, your muscles will start to taunt around them to hold them in place. So I'm hopping down an alleyway. The jolt of my le- my right leg hitting the ground is painful on the left leg, obviously. I found out it was easier to crawl than it was to hobble because I still had both knees. At this moment, you would think my attitude would suck. I stopped to take a breath. I look back at the wall, and I think to myself, you know, I still got it. I did real good till the impact. I learned a lesson. Never jump off walls in Tom's shoes. That's not what he created those for. There is no doubt in my mind, and my wife hates this and my doctor laughed at it, there is no doubt in my mind that somewhere, somehow, I am probably going to do this again, and the outcome will be substantially different. Because the next time I know how far down it is, and I know what shoes to wear. may not be that wall. But see, some people, and, and we've laughed about this on Facebook for my situation, said, Troy, you've, you've got to remember you're not 18 anymore. And, in, and, and I wrote back and said, no, I thought that at first, but no, I don't. I can live like I'm 18 till the day I die. See, I believe that you've got to live life to its fullest. There's a reason everything you get from me whenever I send an email says living an epic adventure. And it's because I understand what a front row attitude is on a stormy day. You've got to remind yourself that the sun will come out tomorrow. That driving in a car for six hours means six hours of study, leadership, listening to CDs. When you're stuck in the house because it's 40 below zero or you just went through Hurricane Sandy, you're freaking out and stressing out. you got to remember there's tomorrow. you got to have a, a half-full attitude, a front-row attitude. You can't expect other people to make your life. You know, President... Uh, not President, uh, Governor Romney said something that people love to take and use as a soundbite. He said half of the American population is an entitlement population. You know what? That's a a half-glass attitude being empty. It's a back-row attitude, not a front-row attitude. And I don't care what country you're in, you can't be that way. I was on the... 
a special Google Hangout this week with four just prominent, phenomenal attorneys. Not even did they always agree with each other. As always, my good friend Lynn Clements, and about half the time we don't agree on everything. But something that I've learned is that as we were all talking, we started to realize that in the situation in which we were discussing, there were a lot of people that had had a, a backseat attitude And there were other people that saw that backseat attitude and they took advantage of it. And they attracted millions of people who who didn't want to work hard or couldn't in a lot of cases work hard. They were disabled or in unemployment and lost their job and they preyed on their dreams. said, we can get you to the front row and you won't have to work like those other people. That's not a front row attitude. See, in order to build a profitable business, you've got to lead people. In order to lead people, you have to have walked your walk. You can't be a good leader unless you are a good follower. And you've got to remember this, and this is the most powerful thing to remember. This is why I read so many books on church leadership is that the people that you are leading are volunteers. They're not your employees. They don't have to do what you say. But I guarantee you they'll do what you do. There's only one way to lead volunteers, and that's through your example. You know, a lot of times coming into network marketing, people like Ken Dunn and People that have been in sales or in other leadership positions, rank leadership is what I'm talking about. They come in as dictators. They demand order from the people around them. You do what I do. My mentor, I'm actually going to see him this week uh, or next week, Hubert Humphrey, used to say, you know, don't try to create a new wheel. Emulate the one that's already there until you're making more money than your leader. And I have, I've just stuck with that. I think that's some of the greatest advice. We are paid to emulate what works. Your leader will have, your mentor will have a front row attitude seat if he doesn't find a new leader. But they should have a front row seat. Emulate that. Learn what they do. Now here's going to be what you're going to catch yourself doing. Well, that's not my personality. I'm just not that way. That's fine. You can still emulate the the message and the process. Just use your own personality in it. Because I want you to know that if you use the power of one, I'm doing it. I'm gonna I'm gonna create a new training on this. It's probably only gonna be for my team for the first year, and then we'll take it live. But you realize if you just focused on finding one new person in your business a month, not a week, a month. One new distributor, team member, whatever you call them, or one new customer, or both if you wanted to, but just just focus on one. Just something simple. One person in 30 days. And you did that consistently using my, my personal mentors, or my business mentors, rather, philosophy of the four-year career, Richard Brooke. If you use Richard's philosophy, this is a four-year career. This, you're going to be busting it for four years. And if you take Troy's rendition and you say just find one person just one that's 12 a year times three that's 36 times four that's uh 
what is that, 36, and, and 12 more is 48. If you found 48 people with your front row attitude, customers or team members, I don't care which, and you duplicate that and you teach them to go out and find one new person each month, and they duplicate, just do it three levels down for four years. You would become one of the most successful network marketers in your business, I guarantee it. Because you will have focused on the power of one. You would have had a front row attitude and you would have ranked advanced in your compensation structure. And not only that, but your monthly income would have continued to rise because the people that you attracted would have been working people, not entitlement people or back row attitude people. This is something Ken writes in this book. I thought it was good. He said, we say that you have to develop a front row attitude because the attitude resembles the attitude of the hundreds of people rushing to the front seats. See, whenever you are in an event, it's a critical to set in the front rows. You take a lot of notes, even if it's your thousandth time in the same presentation. You pay attention. Other people in your group will see this and do the same thing. When I'm at an event, I can tell the growth of the business and the strength of the community by what the top leaders are doing. If I go into an event and I see the top leaders are all sitting in the front couple of rows, then this is an indication they're servant leaders who are concerned about setting the right example. On the other hand, if the leaders are hanging out in the back of the room engaged in side conversations or not even in the room but running a little side meeting, then this indicates the dysfunction and ego has set up in the group and no community is flourishing. As a mentor, you need to set the examples. Listen, well, I went to, to, I'll tell you one of the greatest guys does this, Orrin Woodward. He's a friend of Ken and I. I went to, and I've told you guys this, I went to Orrin's uh, regional event this year back in January. And the leaders, he's got a, a petition part off for leaders down in the main section. And then in the back, in the green room, there's video, I mean, TVs going everywhere so that people that are going to be up on stage next, they're back there and they're getting to listen. They're getting to see what's going on. They're engaged. That's how you've got to be. Totally engaged. Totally focused on this. See, as a mentor, when you set the example and you're on the front row at the event in an everyday life, then you're focusing on praising your teammates. You're focusing on raising them up. If you're the apprentice, then this should be important to you because that means that you're working on that first 10,000 hours that we talked about from Malcolm Gladwell's book, Tipping Point. <laughs> Excuse me. People think you jump into, really they think you jump into any business, but they specifically think you jump into network marketing and that everything's just going to come quick and easy and simple. That everything's going to just be just like they, they hear the hype. Fancy cars, big houses. One of the greatest men I ever knew built his dream home just to lose it. Cost close to $50 million in construction costs, sold for $11 million in a short sale. Kicked in the teeth. Didn't let him keep him down. He's still at it. You learn from your mistakes. And you move on. 
You don't let anything hold you back. Not lawsuits, not companies going out of business, not the SEC taking over a business. You don't let anything hold you back. See, when you've got that front row attitude and you're kicking it up gigantically, you're busting it from day one, then you're going to make things happen. On Facebook today, I put up a poster. I'm putting up, I've got a whole file over there of motivational posters. And this one shows this this mountain climber, one of those rock climbers, you know, that goes up the side of the of the of the wall, free climbing it. She's probably somewhere in North Dakota or maybe maybe in Colorado. It's a beautiful, just sheer cliff. And underneath her picture, as she's hanging there with one foot on a ledge and one hand in a hand grip, her other leg's pointed straight down, and she's just hanging on for dear life. In bold letters underneath it, it says challenge. And then it says, when you contend with challenges that test your strength, you move more surely towards the top. That's tenacity. That's not letting crap get in your way. It's it's setting boundaries in your life. And saying, I'm going for it, and nobody's going to keep me down. Nobody's going to hold me back. Just because other people have a pissy attitude, they're entitled, they want to always get a handout from somebody else and not take care of themselves, not not invest their own time, their own energy, their own money. They keep going back and wallowing in the same pig pen and then trying to blame it on the company or their leader, and they jump someplace to someplace, or even in families, it's all the same. Eventually, you have to draw the line in the sand or you will be accountable, not, if not on this earth in heaven, for enabling other people not to receive their right rewards or to fail through their own free will. And this is what happens when we have back row attitudes. Oh, we can talk the talk. There's many people that will will talk the talk and talk about how motivated and how powerful and how they just love it. And their actions never change. From a biblical standpoint, I try to always pull from my, my, my faith. The Bible says you will know them by their fruits. If I take that out of the spiritual context just for a minute and just put it into life, you will know when a person's doing what they say they're doing, when, they, when they're listening to what you say, when, they, when they're following your direction, because they will change. They will not continue to wallow in the self-pity and self-destruct. The people around you deserve your time. But there's also people around you that want to take your time. And in this business and in life in general, you can't allow that. Because when you allow people to take your time and to take your energy, to take your resources, money in some cases, then all of a sudden when you're there, when you need to be there for somebody that deserves it and warrants it and wants it and is listening, there'll be nothing for them. Matter of fact, you may not even have enough left for yourself. You're going to have team members. And the only time you're going to hear from them is when they got a negative thing or they want something from you. 
And a lot of times they're good. They've studied neuro-linguistic programming. They've, they've studied the law of intention. They've studied everything, and they put a little biblical spin on it, and the next thing you know, you're doing stuff, and you don't even know why you freaking are doing it because you told them you're never going to do it again. And then it comes the, the end of the year, and you're, you're calling them saying, How, how's it going? Well, it sucks. If you'd have been there for me, what? Those aren't front row attitude people. You won't find this in Dunn's book. I'm, I'm telling you, I've been here. I've got my right-hand man's name, Harry Wilkes. 65 years old, acts like he's 20 all the time, loves his grandkids, loves his beautiful wife, Brenda, loves network marketing. And I mean, we get our mornings start off and our nights start off, or end, excuse me, with phone calls. Dude, how was your day? What's going on? Doing some three ways with your people. We're going to kick some butt. We're going to make this thing happen. You know, man, I had a sucky day. It hurt. Here's what happened. Here's why. I don't know what I'm going to do. How would you handle it? You know, this is this is how we rock the house. And that's what you've got to do. See, that's what changes the world in such a gigantic way. When you're doing things right, when you're doing things the way they're supposed to be done, the sky becomes the limit. But you've got to build a team. Remember, you're building a team of volunteers. Now, this is important. Because when you're working with volunteers even like in a church, because that's what we were talking about. Then you get people inside that just suck. And they just are backbiting, snivelly people that you, you sit there and you say, why in the heck is this happening to me? Why are these people such nutcases? Why am I having to put up with this? That's what happens. And in your face, they say, oh, you're the sweetest person, thank you. And in behind your back, they're trying to cut you down. Same thing happens in network marketing. Should you worry about it? Absolutely not. Never. You want to know what you want to do? You want to get up and kick some butt? You want to rock the house? You want to make it happen? You want to, you want to blow the doors off people? So you don't sit around... Worrying about those backstabbing people at all. What you do is you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to love them just the way they are. I know how they are now, so I'm not going to stress over it. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that I give them every, every bit of option to win. And if they decide not to win or they want to get on the phone and be negative, I say, I don't have time for this. Get off your daggum butt and get out there and get to work. If they call you and tell you how great life is, and then they say, oh, by the way, I need, no, no, you said life was good. Either life is good and we're going to work through this together and you're going to go figure out a way to do it yourself, and I'm going to be there with you and you're going to, le you're going to take everything that we've been learning and everything we've been talking about and you're going to roll with it, or you're not. But you don't enable them to continue to be Backseat attitude people. Invest your time with the people that deserve it. Don't spend your time with the people that need it. Some of you Christians are probably saying, oh, that's just sacrilegious. Really? 
because Jesus spent his time with the twelve that deserved it. And many time would get into a boat or go up into the mountains to get away from the people that needed it. He had a front row attitude. And even the twelve men that were around him, sometimes they had some snarky attitudes. But even Peter, who was a lot like me, had a front row attitude. He was willing to cut off a soldier's ear to protect his Lord instead of running and hiding. Not saying he didn't do that later. But you've got to have a front row attitude, folks. You've got to invest the time with the people that deserve it. You've got to make sure that the people that need it know what they're supposed to do, but they got to get off their doggone butt and go do it themselves. That's the name of the game. Hey, we'll be back on the air on Monday, and we are going to be doing the Leaders Make the Money. That is a fact. I want you all to have a great weekend. Get ready to get into that holiday spirit. I want to wish my dad happy birthday next Thursday. I may not get to talk to him before then because I'm going to be on the road and stuff. But, Pappy, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be the man I am today. And I love you, and I want you to know that, and I want the world to know it. So uh, that's my special shout-out to my Pappy. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. And if you're in network marketing, act like it. You've been listening to the Beachside CEO, heard on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive power radio.